0: Good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. You're at my breakfast table and uh, this is live. It doesn't get any more live than this. It's Sunday morning. And let me encourage you to tune back in at 1045 and uh, listen to the message out of Leviticus chapter three, where I'm gonna be talking about the peace offering. It's amazing how that applies to the situation that we're in today. And I hope you've got a copy of God's Word and you're ready to go to Psalm 121, which happens to be one of the most uh, well-known passages in in all of God's Word. Now, we're in the Psalms of Ascent for these 15 days. There are 15 of them. This is the second step up. Now, where yesterday, Psalm 120, was a little hard to understand, most any of the commentators will tell you uh, that there are difficulties. It's a little tough understanding some parts of Psalm 120. Today, Psalm 121 is not difficult to understand. It's just hard to believe. It's hard to believe that God loves us this much. Now, these Psalms of Ascent were sung by Israel, I think, as they came out of Babylonian captivity, became part of their tradition. They sang them as they went up to Jerusalem. Uh, to those great festivals like Passover, like Pentecost, uh, like tabernacles. And it prepared their hearts for worship. So let's go this morning now to Psalm 121. And these are some very familiar words right here. Listen to this. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, or I will lift up mine eyes unto the mountains. From whence does my help come? When I was in Israel a couple of years ago, I've been going to Israel now for 40 years. But um, when I was in Israel a number of years ago, met up with a good friend of mine who happens to be a guide. Uh, we got out into the Judean wilderness and he turned around. I'll never forget the moment. Uh, he kind of swept his hand across the scenery and he said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the mountains. From whence shall come my hope? or my help, and I stopped and I thought about that and I I almost said, well, my help's gonna come down from the mountains, is that what the psalmist is saying? And then he made this statement. He said, what was up on those mountaintops? Well, all through the Old Testament, what was on the mountaintops were pagan altars, the Asherim, um, the altars of Baal, uh, the Canaanite altars, And so what the psalmist is saying here is this, my help is not gonna come from those mountains. Listen to what he says. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the God who created all those mountains. As big and impressive as those mountains are, my God is bigger, my God is greater. Now, this psalmist is on his way to Jerusalem. He's going up to one of the festivals. And as he begins his journey, He looks at those high mountains there and he thinks to himself, all the things that could happen to him on his way there, who's gonna help me get to Jerusalem? Who's gonna help me get to worship? Who's gonna watch over me and guard me and protect me and care for me in this entire journey? Now, look at look at the text because verse one and verse two, the psalmist is speaking to himself. I lift up mine eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, remember yesterday I told you, look for that central idea. And in Psalm 120, as well as in 121, I think it comes in these opening verses. It's not always that way, but I think you find the central idea right here. God, the creator, cares for his creation. God, the creator, guards his creation, watches over his creation. That's the central idea of this entire Psalm. And by the way, if you're a student, let me tell you what I've done to begin with in my devotional time. I divide the Psalm up. Verse one and two goes together, three and four goes together, and then five, six, seven, and eight round it out. So it's divided really into three parts. Now, let me take you to verse three. Because in verse three, there's a change of voice. Notice this when you study uh, who's speaking, what voice is being used. The first two verses, he's speaking to himself. Now watch this, there's a shift. He's gonna begin to speak to you. The psalmist now with the word of God is speaking to you. And listen to what he says. He will not let your foot be moved or slip as the new American standard says. That's the assurance of God. He he gives you assurance that he is going to hold your life. That's what he's talking about. In the midst of all that you're going through, listen to the assurance, he's got you. I can promise you this, you can read through the word of God and you're never once going to read where God says, Oops, my bad. You're never gonna say that. You're, you're never gonna hear God say that. Uh, in the midst of bad things happening, listen, God's got your life. He's holding your life. That's the assurance. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now, this is one of the famous parts of scripture right here. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That's God's awareness. God is aware of everything that's happening right now. He's aware that you're out of a job. He's aware of your finances. He's aware of every viral infection. He, and not only is he aware of, he can see the viral infection. What is imperceptible to us, God sees. That's God's assurance for your life and God's awareness. Now, let me show you something in the text. Just watch this with me. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Look at verse five. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Uh, The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. Verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in nine times. He uses the personal pronoun you or your nine times in eight verses. And let me tell you something, every single one of those happens to be singular. He keeps you. He guards you. He watches after you individually. Think about the word of God. The word of God is all about God, but do you understand that it's about individuals as well? He talks about Abraham. He talks about Sarah. He talks about Isaac and Jacob and David and Solomon and Jeremiah and Amos. He talks about Peter and John and Mary and Martha and Mary and Lazarus and Paul and Timothy. It's all individuals. Do you understand that the God who created everything that there is knows you and cares about you personally? That's what this Psalm is saying right here. He comes and he says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now, let me take verse five, six, seven, and eight, and let me show you uh, how he watches over you. He's gonna give you about four or five things here. Beginning in verse five, the Lord is your keeper. Now, you you know in the Old Testament, that was the word that was used for shepherd? That, that describes what the shepherd would do. He would keep the sheep. Uh, he watched over the sheep. He was the keeper of the sheep. The Lord is your keeper. He keeps you in all situations. In all situations. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. That's my strong side. Now, I, I oftentimes think God keeps me on the weak side. He watches after me when I'm weak, but listen, God watches after you on your strong side as well. The Lord is your keeper. It's it's this way of saying that God in every situation keeps you personally. Now keep saying that, because some of you need to hear that. Did God keep David in the cave when he was running from Saul? Yes. Did he keep Abraham when Abraham got out of God's will and went down into Egypt? Yes, God even kept him then. Did God keep um, Paul when Paul was on a ship uh, and caught in a hurricane? Yes, God kept him there. Did God keep Paul when he was in prison? Yes. Did God keep Joseph when his brothers threw him in a pit? Yes. Did God keep him when he was sold to the Midianites? Yes. Did God keep him when he was sold to Potiphar by the Midianites? Yes. Did God keep him when he was thrown into the pit, into the dungeon, into jail? Yes. God kept Joseph, God kept David, God kept Moses when he was in a little basket as a baby out on the Nile. God's gonna keep you. And the the psalmist wants you to know that. That's how much God loves you and he keeps you. Will God keep you from every bad thing that happens? No. Let me tell you something. Understand this. The hardest things that have ever happened to me in life have been the best lessons I've ever learned. And the thing is this, God did not keep me from them. God kept me in the midst of them. That's what he's gonna do for you, regardless of the situation. Look at this, verse six, at all times, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. He keeps you all the time in the waking hours and even when you're asleep and you're not aware of what's going on. Not only that, he keeps you from all powers. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Now I've got a verse for you here. 1 Samuel. 1 uh, Samuel chapter 25, David goes, you remember, to a guy who was a fool. The guy's name was Nabal. He goes to him to ask of food. God, uh, David had been protecting Nabal's flocks. They never lost anything. David's men watched after the shepherds of Nabal. And he goes and he says, could you provide for us a little bit of food? Food, And the fool Nabal says, no, I can't do that. Well, David gets mad and he's going to take revenge. And as he goes to take revenge, Abigail, who is one of the shining stars of the Old Testament, a, a beautiful woman, a brilliant woman, Abigail takes food, and she goes out to meet David. And I want you to listen to what she said. She says, David, don't, don't do this. This isn't the right thing to do. This is beneath you. Don't take revenge. Let God handle this. But listen to what she says. Should anyone rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. What an incredible statement. She said, David, understand that if anything moves against you, you are bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. That word bundle means a knapsack or a little bag. It was what the little boy had when he had the, uh, the two fish and the five loaves. He had it bundled up, had a little bag. She was saying, God's got you bundled in his little bag. Let me tell you something. God's got you bundled in his little bag, even in these evil days. All circumstances now, verse eight, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. I think that refers to the coming out of Egypt and the going in to the promised land. And here is all of eternity, from this time forth and forevermore. It's what David said in Psalm 23, verse six, that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is the keeping of God. God, the creator, keeps his created beings. He keeps you, he guards you. Now I'm not gonna end every one of these with an Andy Griffith story, but I got one for you today. Do you remember the episode High Noon in Mayberry? Andy gets a letter from a man who, uh, whom he shot, in a gas station robbery. Put the man in the hospital, he shot him in the leg, and the man's leg was never right again. And the man writes him. After years, he writes him a letter, and he says, I'm coming to Mayberry to set things straight. Well, Barney gets the letter, and he thinks the guy's coming to shoot Andy. He's coming to pay him back. He's coming for revenge. And uh, Barney gets Gomer and he gets Otis and he says, we're gonna watch Andy 24 hours a day, day and night. We're gonna be there. Wherever Andy is, we're gonna be there because we're gonna protect him." So there's that famous scene where he is swearing in Gomer and Otis to be deputies. And uh, Otis raises his hand and he says, hey, well, what if the guy pulls out a gun and he starts shooting and bang, bang, bang? Who's gonna take care of us? And Barney, in a moment of honesty, looks at him and he says, well, you dang fool, Andy will be there the whole time. He'll watch out for us. How many times do we think we're watching out for God or watching out for ourselves when deep down on the inside, the truth of the matter is our good God is watching after us? This is one more step up out of the distress that we're feeling. I'll see you 1045 and then again 7 o'clock tomorrow morning.